we got a lot of different things coming at you today, okay? And I'm just sensing a little bit of a lull right now. F that. You don't got time for that. All right? Let's go. Crank it. Crank it. Let it cross. Woo! Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk with Derek Johnson and Adam Drovetta on FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN. Hey, what's happening? Welcome in to another edition of Rock Chalk Sports Talk here on FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN with Adam Drovetta. I am Derek Johnson. We have a very short show today. The KU baseball game got moved up um, to try to avoid some of the weather that's coming in tonight. KU's playing at Omaha, so they're not here at home, um, but similar-ish weather to what we're experiencing here in town. And that one will be airing here on KLWN at 4.30. First pitch starts at 4.30, I should say, pregame at 4.20. So we'll have that for you here after the show. We have Jesse Newell joining the show at 3.40. Uh, Some big news for Jesse moving on to the Kansas City Chiefs beat. So we're going to do a little... KU talk, a little Chiefs talk with uh, Jesse as well. We've got two editions of RCST Trivia. Because of the short show, we have to divvy them up. One of them we're going to air coming up here in 15 minutes between Kyle and Andrew, and then we're going to air another one at the top of the 4 o'clock hour between Tyler and Chris with a spot in the grade 8 on the line for both of those. Kansas City Royals right now are getting spanked. I think, uh, I don't know if the game just, maybe, just I don't know final. if it's over because now on, on TV they're showing some uh, other Valley sports program called the Battle, or no, this is a, that's a commercial, but they were showing some other Valley sports program. I don't know if it's over or not, but um, I do know that it was 10 to nothing. Yeah, um, I... If it's not final, not not pretty much in certain. Not that, in favor of the Royals. Oh right. no, that was just a commercial break. Okay. Uh, um, yeah, the game's so back. Come back starts now. It's ten to nothing. Uh, Regardless, Cardinals. Um, now, a, a question for uh, Jesse is going to be: I know there'll be a lot of discussion. You know, was it Providence? What is? Or was it Auburn? Um, I've got it that chased him out and scared him into the Chiefs gig. I've got a different one for you. Okay. What if, what if it was the Cam Martin contingent? The Cam Martin he didn't, he didn't, he didn't want to risk. Yeah, by the he, way. He, well, he didn't want to risk uh, having to write anything I know. negative. Unreal. Um, They'll come after you, man. I'll say, we're going to get back to our player deep dives, I think, tomorrow. I just uh, wanted to start with the Royals because there was some stuff that happened yesterday, but we'll get to that in a moment. Um, what Adam is referring to, yesterday we had our Cam Martin deep dive, and... You know, as with all these deep dives, we go into the floor. What is the ceiling? And part of the floor, we said, you know, there's a a chance that Cam Martin could be behind. I mean, he was already behind Zach Clements and KJ Adams. Could he be behind Ernest Duday as well? And if you're behind all those guys, it's going to be tough to get playing time. Now, there's also a world we talked about with the ceiling that Cam Martin, maybe he is the backup big to Zach Clements, and he plays 10 to 15 minutes off the bench and allows you to keep playing the same way that when Zach Clements was in the game. And... Um, I'm glad I'm this just, was found by Cam Martin's brother. It seems. No, it, it, it can, it's can, pretty confirmed confirm at this that? point. It is his brother. I'm um, glad that I'm just the sidekick on this one because I actually had the guy at a lower <laughs> floor, a lower ceiling than you. I know. I, I didn't hear a word right? about it. Um, but nonetheless, I'll just say this as well. There are certain things on this show. I'm not a scoops guy. I'm not a story breaker. There are certain things that we hear from the program, from trusted people that we don't necessarily share but that does what's the way to put this uh, kind of shape a little bit certain things we say on air yeah and I will just leave it at that and say that I don't think we said anything inaccurate I don't think we said anything wrong yesterday we gave the floor and the ceiling um, and this turned into on Twitter Cam Martin's brother and, and some others friends or something I don't know uh, I basically this boils down now I have a thousand dollar charity bet, so like for a good cause, right? Um, that the and, and I don't expect the the guy, the other guy on the other end of this to, if he loses, to actually pay this up. But that uh, if either one of us loses the bet, we pay a thousand dollars to the charity of the other person's choice. He is on the side that Cam Martin will lead KU in scoring. 
So I will let you let that sink in for a moment that this person made that bet with me. Again, I'm not on the side that Cam Martin is a bad basketball player or anything like that. I just have been wondering, is he going to get buried on the depth chart with a lot of talent at that position? Is he better off just transferring out of the program? I don't know. He might stick around, and I said yesterday, if he sticks around, more power to him, and if he earns that spot, great. I'm rooting for him. I hope he does great. I have nothing against him. I just, I, I'm not going to sit here, and we're not going to have these conversations, and now you're getting me all riled up. I know you didn't mean to. Um, <laughs> like, what do you want me to do? As we're doing these deep dives, we're talking about the team. Do you want me to just say it's sunshine and rainbows for everything, for every no, player? It, every player's great. Every player's an all-Big 12 player. There is no competition. Everybody's going to get equal amount of minutes. Is we, that what you want me to do? We are paid very poorly to give analysis and opinion right and that's analysis and opinion and if we look like boobs next february because he's careening towards big 12 player of the year then hell yeah i make wrong predictions all the time i don't but when you when you go to the level of no he is going to be the starter he is going to lead the team in scoring that's where that's where you lose me. So, like I said, I think there is a, a high gap of where you can find what his role could be for this team, but that is where you lose me. Nonetheless, I, I that was fun. Yeah, I'm anyway. glad I did that. In um, the meantime, keep going on your little rant though, because the Royals just got two straight hits. You think that's what it is? You Must, think they're, they feel, they're drawing power? They feel from your anger. My rant. Um, Bobby Witt hit his first career home run yesterday. So that was exciting. Again, even though they're getting smashed today, there was some big stuff that happened yesterday with Bobby Witt hitting his first home run. By the way, Harrison Bader should be jailed. I mean, I, that might not be enough of Is a he punishment. the guy that launched it back into the Yeah, fountains? the outfielder for the Cardinals. The home run came back out to the field, and he threw it into the fountains. Either he didn't know it was Bobby Witt's first home run, but I have a hard time believing that. I mean, Bobby so, well, Witt. Well, the, somebody on the tweet box today said that he and, and Bobby Witt were having kind of a fun, lighthearted okay. conversation about it today. So he must apologize. Maybe I don't know. Hopped in there. And I was thinking about that. The, the ball's not gone forever, right? They have, they have people who clean out the pool, so they yeah, probably yeah, yeah. got it. I'm for I'm sure him. they grabbed um, it for him. Um, it's kind of a funny moment. Some lady years ago, she became known as Fountain Mom. I believe she was in town from Iowa celebrating. Anyway, she um, uh, enjoyed some uh, 21 and over beverages mm-hmm. and uh, found herself taking a dip in in the fountains and uh anyway so she she was promptly arrested and it was all over this is back when the royals were were good yeah and so there were a bunch of people there so it really got all over twitter anyway she became known as fountain mom i like it uh, so um illegal at the royal stadium legal at the diamondback stadium because i i'm actually very concerned i'll be honest with you i i've been paranoid about those things that um they are like if I jump in, they're gonna electrocute me because they got lights in them. <laughs> so you think, you think they're like pools with lights in them? You won't go in. I think those fountains because they're not. I don't. Okay. I don't think, but it's just one of those things that crosses my mind. Well, like the fear of getting electrocuted is worse than the fear of getting arrested. Let me see, put it that way. I okay. I like if yes, if those like, two things like are in a vacuum, put, yes. The, but well, like, I guess let me let me make a comparison. Mm-hmm. If somebody offered me gobs and gobs and gobs of money, plus they would pay my way out of jail for running on the field, I wouldn't streak, but just running on the field clothed. And somebody said, "No, I'll give you ten thousand bucks or fifty thousand bucks, some stupid amount of money, plus I'll pay your way out of out of the joint." Mm-hmm. That's something I would consider. But you would not jump in that pool. No, the pool, the, the Diamondbacks the, pool. Yes, the uh, Royals fountain. The fountain. No, yeah. because all I could think is, wow, something's gonna trip in the on these damn lights, and I'm gonna get electrocuted. That no, okay, that's 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 crazy to me. That is crazy. Uh, but so you wouldn't have even jumped in if you if you knew if you could you know flash forward to the future. Bobby Witt ends up hitting 600 home runs for his career. He's a first, first ballot Hall of Famer, multi-time MVP. I mean, I don't know how much that ball would be worth, but like, yeah, I don't know, thousands and thousands of dollars. You would still not jump in. Electrocution doesn't sound fun. <laughs> no, but you're not going to get electrocuted. I know I won't, but I, I, I tell you what, I can more guarantee that I won't if I stay mm. out of the fountains. Yeah, all right. Uh, MJ Melendez also made his he debut got his yesterday. First hit. Yeah, he went one for three. He got a. Uh, I, I thought they scored it a hit. They could have given it an error earlier today. Um, that was kind of right when we were. 
today? turning into show mode. Yeah, they did give oh, it a hit. No, yeah, he beat. I, oh, he beat that out. Yeah, it so was. so two hits already for MJ Melendez. I I was just surprised. We we're talking about this off air. He he's like so slight for a catcher, but I I do wonder. So uh, this has been a, a long conversation in I think the baseball community that Salvador Perez is like when you look at the metrics and stuff. And this was a big thing with Eric Hosmer as well. The metrics and and the pitch framing and stuff. It hates his defense. But if you talk to, you know, people in the Royals clubhouse and managers and, 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 and stuff, outside of yeah, the Royals. Yeah, they'll be like, around, great arm, he around throws guys ba- out. Yeah, around baseball. He's not a leader. Just, like, the Royals, we know this regime kind of overhypes. His, and, and look, a lot of teams overhype their players. Um, but outside of the Royals, Salvador Perez has thought of really – has in some people's mind has surpassed Yadier Molina as the best catcher in the game of baseball, but because of the lack of value of perceived value of the position, um, and the pitch framing, which I, look I would suggest, and I, and I'm not anti, I, I believe in in what analytics offer to all sports, um, I do think just pitch framing itself undermines who you are. Catching, catching pitches yeah. from, and the Royals have had some butt pitchers for a long time with Salvador Perez behind the plate. Yeah, but I do think it's interesting because it's if Salvador Perez continues to struggle, do we start to see a, a few games here there where MJ Melendez is catching and Perez moves over to DH or gets a day off? Well, even with Cam Gallagher, they've showed a willingness to move Perez. Um, I think a I, I can't remember the exact number, but a decent heap of his home runs. He actually, I think, was a better hitter at catcher last year, but a better had a better slugging percentage at DH last year. I think it's pretty clear they're they're beginning the process of bringing Salvador Perez out from behind the plate. Not like I think it's going to go to like a sixty forty. I don't think it's just going to all of a sudden next year. But no, I think it's going to start to become. Um, you know, Salvador Perez, grab a first baseman's mitt and get ready to DH yeah. a lot. And I think that's okay. I, I don't think they can do it soon enough, to be honest. Um, because he's already having, I got to think, getting knocked in the head. Now, you weren't here back, the, back then, Derek, but I would tell you that there was an issue. This has never, the Royals have never come out and said that these two things are connected. But back early in, in Salvador Perez's time with the Royals, the, he was having trouble. Um, he got concussions because he kept getting bonked. You know, a, a, a ball would pop off. A, you know, it'd be a foul tip, but it wouldn't, you know, the, the ball off the bat wouldn't slow it down enough and it'd still pop him in the helmet and it'd get him a little woozy. And, and that happened. Well, a lot of the modern catcher's masks are designed to prevent that from happening, but Salvi refused to wear those. He was way more comfortable in the old old time mask that, uh, with the kind of the mask that just goes over the helmet, not the not the ones that almost look like hockey goalie masks now. Um, but anyway, I do wonder if his blurred vision now that he's dealing with, and I know they said that there's fluid on his left eye, but I wonder if the blurred vision he's dealing with goes back to getting bonked in the head so much behind catcher, which goes to, and I'm sorry I interrupted you, but what you were just beginning to say, that it needs to come soon. Yeah, and, and so like, I, I think regardless of where you lie on the, the Salvador Perez defensive debate, no matter what, everybody's going to agree that what's more valuable, Salvador Perez's defense or his bat? It's his bat, right? Especially, especially when he's hitting like he did last year. You know? Yes, exactly. Especially if he can get that on-base percentage up as a DH. Because like I said, his slugging went way up as a DH. Um, now, the, 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 the fact that his batting average was slightly down as a DH versus a catcher probably is more of an anomaly than anything. But the, the, the slug is and the yeah. power is clearly more there um, as a DH, unless I really misread those numbers, which I don't think I did. I think a big, a big hunk of those 48 home runs came with him as DH last year. Yeah, so I, I think that would be a, a good thing. Again, he, he'll still catch games and stuff, and I'm not, I'm not saying he'll never catch a game again. I just think the sooner that you can make that transition, and now that MJ Melendez is up and has a couple hits in the early going, the sooner that he can start taking some games away from him, maybe lighten the load a little bit, I think that's only for the best for the uh, Royals. One story I, I wanted to bring up as well, uh, Ross Dellinger from SI Now and Sports Illustrated posted this earlier today. There is a task force that is coming together from the NCAA with <laughs> certain university administrators to try to um, 
put certain regulations and guidelines and even sanctions for NIL um, groupings. And as I'm going through this, it's it's kind of interesting because this, uh, first of all, is like the least surprising thing ever that the NCAA is like, no, we have to, you know, uh, we can't allow the free market and do this or that. Um, And like, I do get part of it that like you don't want the complete Wild West, but again, like it's the open market. What are you going to do? And so they're drafting guidelines where there could be sanctions given in, in kind of deals with these, you know, NIL uh, different organizations. Um, I forget. I, I think it's Jayhawk Ascend is like the one that they have at KU, yep. where basically donors can just give money to these organizations and then they figure out what to do with it. I, I, I'm sure that's not totally accurate of what yeah, they I, do, I don't but know exactly how basically it works. like a bare bone version of of how that works. And again, like, who cares? That is the open market. That is the free market. If that's what they want to do with their money, let them. Um, I don't have an issue with it. But um, they're starting to get worried that, because apparently there has already been pooled more than $5 million in player pool salary, according to this, um, in these NIL organizations. And I'm just sitting here as they're trying to work against this, because all these state laws and regulations that have been passed to allow us to get to this point, as soon as this... Like if they pass something, they're like, "You get a posting ban or this play." Exactly, they're going to get sued again, and they're going to lose because now there's precedent in both the state court and the Supreme Court. I I'll say this: I, I I do wonder. I haven't seen which schools exactly are involved in this. When Jay Wright retired, again, it, it could be possible that he just is done, and he's like, "Look, man, I'm 60. I still feel like I have a lot of healthy life ahead of me, and I want to hang. You know, want to be my grandkids' um, weddings." I'm a millionaire a bunch of times over. I just want to kick back. But I also do wonder if he looked around the college landscape and went, man, NIL is going to be a lot tougher at a place like Villanova than it is at a at a program like Kansas, Kentucky, or North Carolina, or Duke. And um, so my point is I wonder if some of these less marketable schools and less marketable programs are going, okay, look at the basketball landscape. And it's way, you know, the NIL possibilities are way better at the Blue Bloods. And then they go, well, look at the football landscape. Look at, you know, the $50,000 at Texas or that the Texas O-line is getting or whatever the case may be. And they're going, these these more marketable programs are getting better, are giving athletes better opportunities for NIL and it's hurting us, to which I would say there's probably truth to that. But when have the big boys not had the advantage in college sports always have. that's just been a truth yeah like there's a reason there's the only thing you could do is just change who some of the big boys are yeah you know like, like could miami become a big boy again exactly right? it's so rare that someone crashes the party for a long period of time florida got it under billy donovan but um you know clemson is there now in football we'll see, yeah we'll see if if Dabo continues it because i know he's come out against some of these things but, you know, I just I do wonder if some of these other schools that don't have big programs are looking at this and going, man, this is a real disadvantage for us. And there's probably truth to that. But the thing is, man, the nature of college sports has given advantage to the big boys in throughout its history. SMU got popped and got the death penalty. Texas got nothing. You want to tell me the same things weren't going on? It, 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 it happens. And yeah. that's just life. Yep. Um, so I expect this to kind of be a nothing burger because of the fact, I mean, not a nothing burger in that it couldn't happen and and that there couldn't be repercussions, but a nothing burger in the the standpoint of, like I said, as soon as this goes into court, it's just going to get shot down again. Like it was the first time and now even quicker because there is the precedent. What are you going to do in that? Like bring your lawsuit and try to subpoena a a booster? Yeah. Come on. I mean, anyway. Stupid. He's Adam Dravetta. I'm Derek Johnson. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk on FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN. Jesse Newell will join the show in about 15 minutes. Coming up next, RCST trivia rivalry matchup between Andrew and Kyle on the other side. We are brought to you by Homefield Apparel. Homefield, a premium collegiate apparel brand out of Indianapolis, has incredibly comfortable, officially licensed apparel with vintage college designs because they dig through the archives 
of your school to find unique logos, mascots, and moments. The Kansas Collection has 14 pieces of apparel, including T-shirts, hoodies, crewnecks, and they are some of the most comfortable things that you will wear, plus they look really cool. And they just released, well, not just, but after the National Championship, they released a National Championship shirt. Use the code Rock Chalk Sports Talk. That's Rock Chalk Sports Talk, all one word, and you'll get 15%, 15% off your first order. That's right. Code Rock Chalk Sports Talk, all one word, for 15% off with home field apparel on your first order. We're on to the Sizzling 16 matchup that everybody's been talking about. This is, I mean, you guys have done a lot of talk as, as well amongst each other. This is the uh, storyline matchup that we designed to try to get, and we ended up getting it. Uh, the two-seed Andrew Filer out of the Midwest region, the three-seed Kyle Martin, friends turned foes. Um, there, there's so many storylines beyond the that that story on its own. Um, last year, Andrew eliminated Kyle in what was a, a fantastic matchup in the Sizzling 16 to move on to the grade eight. Um, we have Andrew this year eliminating Kyle's wife in the first round. So there's the revenge factor now of Kyle trying to avenge his wife. Um, last week, Kyle said he thinks that he is the better trivia player than you, Andrew, but he said if he loses today, then he can't really make that claim anymore. So there's a lot riding on this matchup today. We'll start with you, uh, Andrew, as the the guy who won this matchup last year, and you were, um, I don't know, kind of uh, boxed out of the, the study group a little bit there. So uh, what's been the, the study preparation for you guys this week? He and I haven't stayed together this week much. We stayed together last week. Uh, but you know, I just kind of did some stuff of my own, but I, I feel, I feel like we've done a lot. Kyle is a very knowledgeable opponent and does know a lot about KU basketball, but it, it's definitely, uh, I don't know. I got the best of him last time. So I'm here to let, let's, let's see if I can get it done again. You know, go from there. Do you remember, uh, the, the question that you got right? The final one that, that put the uh, final blow to Kyle last year. I, it would, it had something to do with freshman school. Scoring, I think. I think it was Xavier Henry was the answer. I think it was, but I'm not. I could be wrong. Kyle, do you remember that question? Kyle, do you remember the the question you got wrong in that uh, matchup? I, I do, and and yeah, Tyler was the most points in a freshman debut, which I think we had studied like weeks before. Um, otherwise, you would have said Josh Selby, and I would have been on my way to the grade eight. Um, but uh, yeah, the question I missed was uh, the leading score against Northern Iowa uh, in in 2010. Um, and I will never miss that question again. <laughs> well, I know Andrew feels the same way about Paul McKeskey here. Um, so, Kyle, you have had I, – I don't know what the exact days that, that would line up on this to be, but let's say hypothetically you've had 365 days, 364 days to um, kind of think through that loss to Andrew and, and get back to this point. You have gotten back to the point that you hoped to last year, and now you have unfinished business um, is this just like, I, I know Andrew's your friend, but is this just blinders on like kind of death assassin mode here? It, it really is. Um, I, uh, I've needed to get through this round since we started doing trivia and, and I felt like I've, I've had that opportunity, but, but unlike, you know, certain former hosts of this show who seem to get an easy road into the grade eight, I've had to go through Isaac and Filer in my first two years. And now here we are with Filer again. Um, so yeah, it's the mission is uh, is grade eight. I, I'm sorry that uh, Filer has to be the opponent today, but at least you know. And I know we talk on the radio or on on Twitter, and then we get in here and we we talk to each other. But um, at least I know we'll have one of us representing this group again in the in the grade eight. But uh, hopefully it's me this time. Yeah, there you go. And the path uh, not much easier too with Eric sitting there in the grade eight. Of course, this is the year that Isaac loses in the uh, early round, and not the year that he was in front of you. Uh, RCST trivia brought to you by Twenty Third Street Brewery, Kirk Geiser State Farm, McDonald's of Lawrence, CBD of Lawrence, Home Field Apparel, Pella Windows and Doors, RockChalk.io, Jayhawk Trophy, and Wine Bros. Our title sponsor, Twenty Third Street Brewery, Dine In, Carry Out, and Catering, all available. You can check out their outdoor patio. Try the Bill Self Mac and Cheese, the Haney Turkey Stack, or any of the great menu items. And don't forget about the 23rd Street Brewery Beer, which you can get to go with their Crowlers. All right, we uh, cue the music here, and we get into our first matchup of the day. Sizzling 16 between Andrew and Kyle. And Kyle, you are the lower seed. You have the option. Do you want to go first, or do you want to go second? This is the first time we've ever got to pick this. Um, and I'm 0-2 in this round going second, so I'm going first today. All right, going to change things up. I like it. So uh, you'll be first. Andrew will be second. We start in the easy round of questions. Kyle, for you, 
in 2017, this Kansas one-and-done was suspended for one game in the Big 12 tournament, which ended up being a loss for Kansas against TCU. What's his name? Josh Jackson. The correct answer there. Um, missed that game, and they lost in the Big 12 quarterfinals. Okay, on to you, Andrew. This Kansas player was suspended for the first three games of the 2021-22 season. Uh, Jalen Wilson. That's right. Jalen Wilson had the DUI thing off the court. He ended up bouncing back very well, was very upfront about accepting his consequences, and ended up having quite the season for KU in the tournament run. Okay, back to you, Kyle. Two Kansas guards, a junior and a sophomore, combined for seven total steals in the 2008 National Championship game against Memphis. Name one of the two. Uh, Mario Chalmers. Yep, Mario had four. Sharon had three. The rest of the team combined had four, but those two guys really uh, took care of it there. Okay, Andrew, for you. Kansas had just one block in the 2008 National Championship game. It came from what junior wing? Brandon Rush? That's right. Sounded like a bit of a guess, but you got was, it right. I, mean, I assumed. <laughs> well, there you go. All right, Kyle, back to you as we are going to work into the hard round of questions, the intensity picking up in here. Kansas began the 1989 to 1990 season 17-0 before losing 95-87 to on the road against what fourth-ranked Big 8 opponent? Say Oklahoma. Correct answer is Missouri. Missouri was the Big 8 opponent that Kansas lost to that ended their undefeated start to the season. Okay, Andrew, chance for you to do what you did last year and eliminate your friend. Kansas lost just five games that season in 1989 to 1990. One in the second round of the NCAA tournament, two to that Missouri team, and two other to what opponent? Uh, I, I guess I'll go with Oklahoma. That is the correct answer. <laughs> I gave you the answer. Unbelievable. <laughs> um, Andrew, was that just a pure guess? I mean, I, it was. I would have guessed Missouri on the other one, to be honest with you. And I knew Oklahoma. They lost Oklahoma at least once that year. So when he said Oklahoma, or yeah, I mean that kind of. It was one of the two. I remember those two teams being good. So, Kyle, um, thoughts, emotions. Uh, does this feel worse than last year um, because it's a second straight year and because, you know, maybe there was a little bit, bit of an element of just, you know, lob something up there? Yeah, I don't know. Um, probably. I. Uh, that's the first question I missed all year. I mean, I hadn't even missed one in the first two rounds. Uh, yeah, no, that sucks. I, uh, I thought I'd get through this year for sure. So, zero and three now in this round. That's that's fun. But, well, hey, yeah. we we have uh, some people who haven't made the sizzling sixteen, and I, I'm telling you that the same thing. I'll, uh, I've told them you're gonna you're gonna power through. Eventually, we're gonna get you to the grade eight. It's going to happen. Um, and yeah, like you said, this is unfortunate. You were undefeated on questions coming into this, whereas Andrew had missed uh, I think a couple questions, but was able to get by. Sometimes it's just the, the luck of the draw there. Um, and, and just unfortunate there that, you know, that was kind of the inverse of yesterday. Yesterday, we had Nick Schwert answer a question so confidently wrong that the other guy thought that was the answer, and then it ended up being wrong. This time, it ended up being right for uh, Oklahoma. But, uh, Kyle, I'm sorry. Andrew, congratulations. Yep. Sorry, Kyle. I love you. Kyler, get through. I appreciate it, guys. Thanks, Derek. All right. Thanks, Derek. Man, I just I feel bad. I feel bad. Kyle waited all year for this opportunity, for this chance to to get redemption, to avenge his wife, and he uh, just fell a little bit short on the question. Did make me feel a little better that Andrew would have known the answer to his one. He said he would have picked Missouri, but still, that's 
That's a rough go of things. I uh, I feel bad about that one. Kyle's a, a great contestant. We'll have him back next year. And, uh, you know, just adds motivation. Just adds to, um, you know, wanting to come back into this thing and, and kind of chomping at the bit to get another round further. But Andrew Filer, back-to-back grade eights for him. And he's going to have quite the matchup with Eric Hansey. Congratulations to Andrew. He is winning along with all of our Great 8 contestants, people who make it to the Great 8, I should say. A voucher for a free VIP car wash at Mr. D's Auto Wash. Mr. D's located at 1300 West 6th Street. Get your car looking good at Mr. D's in Lawrence. You're going to get some home field apparel gear thanks to Pella doors and windows. Pella can handle all window and door needs from turnkey replacement to new construction and commercial applications featuring all window and door types from vinyl to fiberglass and a long history of wood and clad products. Pella doors and windows located on the southwest corner of 6th and Wakarusa. And uh, because of them, you're going to get some home field apparel gear, home field a premium collegiate apparel brand out of Indianapolis with all sorts of archive data on KU and past logos. They have 14 pieces for KU stuff, including some national championship shirts. You can also use the code Rock Chalk Sports Talk, all one word, for 15% off your first order. Super comfy gear and looks cool, too, with home field apparel. You're going to get a $30 uh, credit to rockchalk.io to get some Jayhawk NFTs or you can get your KU collection started buy, trade, and sell with other KU members and be part of the Jayhawk NFT community. $25 gift card to 23rd Street Brewery because every round you advance you get another $25 gift card to the brewery from the Bill Self Mac and Cheese to a Crimson Fog or Wave the Wheat to wash it down and Andrew gets auto entrance into RCST Trivia 2023 but I think we'll see both those guys in next year's edition. He's Adam Brevet. I'm Derek Johnson. This is Rock Chalk Sports Talk and RCST Trivia. We'll have a second matchup coming up a little bit later. But coming up next, Jesse Newell of the Kansas City Star joins the show. Welcome back in to Rock Chalk Sports Talk here on FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN. And we're joined by... Friend of the show, Jesse Newell of the Kansas City Star, and some uh, cool news for Jesse. If you didn't see it, Jesse um, has now moved on to being the beat writer of the Kansas City Chiefs, still with the Kansas City Star, and uh, we're really excited for Jesse. Awesome stuff. We're going to miss him on the KU beat, and we're going to miss uh, having him talk KU basketball here on RCST. We're, we're still going to try to stay familiar with Jesse, though, on the show uh, to talk some Chiefs. So, um I figured today we're gonna have Jesse on the show and you know talk some KU basketball, wrap some things up, maybe do a little hybrid Chiefs KU talk. We'll get to that in a second. But uh, first things first, Jesse, can you confirm or deny that Auburn fans pushed you away from the college basketball beat? <laughs> we can definitely deny that. <laughs> um, listen, if you're gonna be, my intention was not to be AP voter. Troll um, and trolling fan bases. Obviously, if I wanted to back off some of that criticism and having those folks come after me, there was a way I could have done that and eased off of my convictions and done that. But uh, no, Auburn fans, they gave me hell, but they did not kick me out of the uh, college basketball beat. Uh, I made that decision on my own. And yeah, I think it'll be fun. Uh, obviously, the Chiefs will be something new, and kind of diving deep into football will be something pretty interesting. And it doesn't hurt that uh, the Chiefs have a unicorn at quarterback and a potential Hall of Famer um, leading them, and have had lots of success lately. So, should be an interesting team to cover for sure. Yeah, imagine if you would have made this move in like I don't know the 2010, 2008 area or something, and um, you know you miss out on on all the great Bill Self years, and instead had to endure the the pre-Patrick Mahomes and pre-Andy Reid years, but uh, getting off or, or getting on to the, the Chiefs beat at a, a good time here. So uh, to wrap up your time with the KU beat, I don't know if you've had time to maybe sit back and, and think about any of this. If, if you had like a, a bracket hypothetically of the most fun moments or games or players or people to cover, um, what do you think would make the final four for you in your time uh, on the Kansas beat? Hmm. Yeah, most fun. Uh, well, I've talked about this a little bit, folks, but you know, some of the people that immediately come to mind to cover that were fun were guys like Tyson Taylor. I mean, that guy. Uh, I love talking to him now. I love talking to him then. But you know, wore his heart on his sleeve. Was super open. Was friendly. All those sorts of things. Um, so he was. He was my favorite basketball player to cover during his time here, and always. And very happy to invite court. guests into Allen Fieldhouse. I understand. 
Yeah, well, uh, I, I don't think I ever got to that conversation point with him. Uh, and, and, and that's one of those conversations I think that still is uh, a muddied up uh, situation. Not no, no clear answers on that one, but uh, he was great to us. And I, obviously, uh, you know, those people that have met him understand what I'm talking about with that. Um, one of the funniest ones was, you know, maybe the runner-up for nicest KU basketball player was Andrew White. Um, <laughs> you know, guys, sometimes they give us those baseline seats at Allen Fieldhouse, and so I went out there before one of KU's games and I was working on something, you know, had my head down on my computer, and I hear this, hey, Jesse, hey, Jesse, hey. I'm like, who is screaming my name? And I look up, and while they're warming up on the court with the assistant coaches there, Andrew White has tucked the ball into his side and is waving at me <laughs> like a big-time wave from underneath the basket uh, to say hi to me. And I was like, hey, Andrew, how's it going? And it's like, you better get back to shooting, man, <laughs> before somebody like Curtis Townsend lifts your head off. So uh, Andrew White probably ties for nicest Jayhawk ever uh, because I've never had that happen. Uh, player, you know, not only use my name and know who I was, but take time out of his pregame warm-up in front of assistant coaches under the basket where there's shots flying up to uh, make sure that he said hi to me in that particular time. So uh, that was pretty cool. Uh, yeah, you know, there's been a lot to the KU. Obviously, the title run here lately, I, I covered for 14 years. I came in professionally right after they won the Orange Bowl and the national title, so I hadn't been able to cover them on a title. So to be able to do that this year, uh, that that's going to be something I'll always remember. And uh, just seeing how this team developed over time and kind of came together at the right time. But there's other things too. You know, it's 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 nuts sometimes where this job takes you. I, I went on three different uh, international trips with uh, KU basketball during my time there. You know, I went to, with them uh, to Italy, to uh, France and Switzerland, and then also to Canada. But uh, you know, I remember some of those moments where uh, chomping down on a on a pizza overseas, not realizing that the uh, pits and the uh, olives are still there on, on European pizza, so I almost <laughs> cracked them up four teeth. Uh, I was interviewing Bill Self while we were standing there with uh, him and his wife on the Eiffel Tower, and I thought, oh, this is a pretty cool job, you know, getting flown across to France and interviewing Bill Self. Do you think he wished you were there while him and his wife were on the Eiffel Tower? <laughs> What's that? Do you think he was happy that you guys were there while he and his wife were on the Eiffel Tower? <laughs> Absolutely not. It's, at least the team was there. It was not a super romantic moment. You know, I didn't butt in on anything that was happening in that regard uh, with him and Cindy. But, uh, you know, just things like that. Um, go, going to Italy and, and flying over there and, and seeing him. And um, it was funny. The, the, the one thing I always remember about that is I remember asking Self before they left uh, on one of those trips, like, hey, um, what, what do you want to get out of this? Is this going to be competitive? And he's like, no, I just want to develop guys. You know, I, I just. Well, guys, to get some playing time and see how they do. And literally, you know, whatever it was, 96 hours later, we're over there in Switzerland, and Bill Self is getting a technical, screaming at a play call or at a bad call that an official made to a, a guy in Switzerland who does not speak his language and, and just blowing up. You know what I mean? And I've always thought that was quintessential Bill Self. You know, the guy doesn't matter what it is, what has made him so good over time is he's so darn competitive. You know what I mean? He is competitive to a fault, and even in his exhibition game four days earlier, he said he wasn't going to make a big deal about it. You know, his team got a bad call over millions of, you know, thousands of miles away from Lawrence, Kansas, and he was going to scream at the official who made the bad call, even though that dude didn't speak his language. So um, a lot of fun times with that, and uh, obviously it's been, yeah, a good 14-year run as, as it's gone on here and seen a lot of different things with KU basketball. All right, so from where you're leaving off um, from KU, just in terms of, I guess, I don't know if you'll just keep tabs on it from an outside looking in, uh, what leaves you most interested in where the roster currently is at for KU and, I don't know, some of the possible transfer portal options for KU and what they kind of need to shore up in the offseason? Well, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I guess everybody's still kind of waiting, right, on, on if there are more transfers, but it sure seems like that none of those guys are leaving. So um, that's sort of interesting point number one. That's kind of different from what it's been in the past. Part of the reason or the way that KU reloaded last season is that some of the guys that were not rotation players and at the bottom of the roster moved on to different places. You know, Tristan and Aruna went, went to Iowa State and, uh, you know, uh, obviously Muscadin and, um, you know, Latrell Gisell, those sorts of guys, uh, they moved on, and, and KU used those scholarships, and um, all those guys didn't contribute, but obviously they got Remy Martin out of the deal, and that was a huge, huge, huge part of them making the national title run. So, 
keeping those guys in, I, I think, is an interesting play for Kansas. But, uh, yeah, they'll be every year they will be in on the transfer portal guys, the top of the top, because that's what they can offer, and, and people want to play at successful programs. So uh, I, I guess for me, though, you know, that you think about the development of the younger guys and, and who is going to emerge in some of those roles and how good can they get. Um, the guys like, you know, Zach Clements, that, that's a – Big man that really Bill Self has never had anybody exactly like him. And will they play to those pick and pops? You know, they, will they make him a Brady Manic like guy at the five position and, and let him shoot 153s next season while cleaning up the boards inside? You know, I don't know that answer. And I'm not sure uh, exactly how that's going to play out. You know, is, is Bill Self okay doing that? And was he going to be comfortable doing that? You know, he's, he's transitioned so much over time from two bigs only to, you know, five or six years ago going to four guards and, now sometimes even goes to five guards or a five-out offense. So it wouldn't surprise me if they became comfortable with that just because Zach Clements is the most natural fit at the five. But, you know, to see that play out will be will be interesting, will be fascinating. And obviously depending on who comes back, whether it's Jalen Wilson or Christian Brown, I'm definitely interested to see what uh, Grady Dick does. I watched him work out with Peter Danny Liv here in uh, Lawrence, you know, the trainer um, that's right across the street from, uh, from campus. And, man, I was impressed, like, the kid can shoot. He is really tall, quick release, has an up high, and uh, still needs to work on a few things, you know, dribbling left and uh, things he can shore up uh, over the summer and maybe a year or two. But uh, that dude, <laughs> he should be able to score next season. So I'm very interested to track to see how good of a freshman season he can have and, uh, you know, how much of a role on the offense he can take just stepping right into campus right away. We're talking with Jesse Newell of the Kansas City Star. So now that you are on the Chiefs beat, and I know you haven't had a ton of time to fully – immerse yourself in in that world yet but we do have some crossover questions for you uh so i'm gonna go through here who wins another title first ku or the chiefs i will say the chiefs um i think the odds are better there and obviously there's still um you know a situation with ku which we're not sure uh, until that is completely settled it's, it's kind of unknown whether that punishment uh, with the NCAA case could keep them out of a postseason or two. So, um, yeah, I'll stick with the Chiefs. I mean, four straight home AFC Championship games. Uh, with Patrick Mahomes, you're going to be in the game every single year, and uh, I think that would be the, the better money on that one. More touchdowns from Patrick Mahomes this season or more three-point makes by Grady Dick this season? Ooh, good one. Um, I will go I'm, – I'm, I'm really high on Grady Dick, so I, I will go Grady Dick uh, with three-pointers, and I will say it's probably not that close. Yeah, I wonder who the proper player would be. Maybe Jalen Wilson coming back, and I think he hit around 30 this past season. Would there be a player that you think that would be a good pick against? Would it be Jalen? Maybe MJ Wright? Uh, no, no. uh. I, I think Grady Dick's a good one. I just think I'm probably higher higher on him than most, and maybe that's Maybe that's uh, just something you'll never hear from me, which is just too much of the eye test for Jesse mm. Newell. You know, watching Grady Dick with a small <laughs> two-hour sample size, you know, I'll, I'll be proven wrong here shortly. But, uh, no, I, I just I think he's really good, guys. Uh, I was really impressed with the last time. The ascension he's had, he's seen on the high school rank winning Gatorade National Player of the Year. Uh, I think he's ready to step on campus and be a, a, a really, really, really uh, strong offensive player right off the bat. More receiving yards for Sky Moore, the new Chiefs rookie receiver, or total minutes played by Zach Clements? Oh, my. Okay. I mean, you have to do now, a little math on this one. I mean, if so he plays 20 minutes a game for 35 games, that's 700 minutes. That can be your jumping off points. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's kind of the quick, quick and dirty math I needed there. Uh, I will... The thing about Sky Moore, I mean, I think it's, you know, obviously he sort of fell to the Chiefs, and I think they really like him, but they have other weapons there. You know, they don't have to get a 1,000-yard season out of him this year. Uh, and it wouldn't be surprising at all if guys like, you know, Valdez Stantling and uh, you know, Juju Smith-Suster, if they play that more to load along with the guy that we all know, which is uh, Travis Kelsey, he's going to get some catches too. So I will go with Zach Clements. You heard me earlier kind of say that I think right now, uh, I think he's a starting five for Kansas. And if you're the starting five for Kansas and you're picking pop five and maybe aren't as affected by getting winded as some traditional five are, then you should be able to play quite a bit. So I will take I will take Zach over Sky Moore in this one. 
Uh, this this might be my favorite one that I'm asking you. Uh, better defensive ranking, Chiefs in DVOA, which I know you're aware of what that is, right? Um, yeah, or yeah. KU in Ken Palm? So this is not just Chiefs defense. This is just Chiefs. No, the Chiefs defense in in uh, DVOA. So I mean, the the floor uh, yeah. is they can only be at at worst thirty second. So like the floor is much yeah. higher there, but. I don't know. They just added defensive players, too, but they're going to be rookies. Um, yeah, I mean, I would guess KU would probably be uh, – or I guess they're fucking probably end of season Ken Palm, right, with KU? Yeah. Okay. I think they're going to be around 8th or ninth. So 8th or ninth, I think, is pretty aggressive to say that the Chiefs' defense will be um, – they're not really winning – I mean, they're winning with okay defense, but obviously the offense is what – uh, leads them to victories and playoff wins and all that sort of stuff. So I'll go with KU. I think that they can. Uh, I think I can get a top ten finish. And I think it's going to be much tougher for the for the Chiefs defense this year. I'll say this: if the Chiefs defense does, uh, to your point, if if KU is eighth or ninth, if the Chiefs defense is better than that, I think that's probably a pretty darn good sign of uh, what happened this season for the Chiefs. Uh, more sacks by Chris Jones or more minutes per game for Cam Martin. <laughs> Uh, I think I know why you asked this one. Uh, checking mm, my Twitter feed. Not sure. Um, yeah, I will go with sacks by Chris Jones, and uh, yeah, I will do that without making any Twitter bets with anybody. So you're saying Chris Jones is going to have more than forty sacks this year? Yeah, what the heck? <laughs> forty, man. That'll be a great season. That'll be fun to watch. Fun to cover for Jesse. Uh, more starts at center: Creed Humphrey or Ernest Uday? <laughs> These are great. These are great guys. Uh, I will go with Creed Humphrey. It sure seems like if he's healthy, it'll be uh, 16 or I guess now 17 for the regular season. And uh, listen, I think Uday is good. And obviously he earned the accolades he did in high school. But uh, freshmen in general, and especially freshmen big men for self, they got to learn stuff before you know, he trusts them and puts them in there for extended minutes and especially starts them. So I will definitely go with Creed Humphrey. And that one might not be close either. All right, this is the final one I have for you. More likely, Travis Kelsey wins Offensive Player of the Year or Christian Brown both comes back and wins National Player of the Year? It's tough because it's like, uh, I mean, it's like always quarterbacks who win the awards. Yeah, these are both very unlikely. <laughs> um yeah, you're kind of like, okay, which one's 0.1%, which one's 0.01%. Uh, I, I will stick with Kelsey just because I, I feel like that at least gives me a chance at winning this, you know, two months from now. Whereas I feel like Christian Brown is probably going to declare for pro. We don't know that for sure, but, but to have to declare back to Kansas and then go win the National Player of the Year, kind of a two-prong process. I at least know Kelsey will be out there. I'll just say it's a long first shot for him to win that award, but uh, at least I'll be able to get to the end of the season and have a chance. All right, well, Jesse, uh, before we let you go, one last thing with Adam. All right, Jesse, one last thing. Of the pro sports not currently in Kansas City, which one would you most like to cover? Yeah, I mean, I, I, NBA. You know, I, I've... I, I really like getting into the X's and O's of basketball. Uh, I took an interest to that. I thought it was, it's, it's pretty cool to kind of go behind the scenes, peek behind the curtains and see how these guys are influenced by each other, influenced by EuroLeague coaches, um, how they make in-game adjustments, and obviously covering Bill Self is kind of the granddaddy of all that because he is one of the best in-game adjustment coaches. So there's always something to uh, talk about or examine in that regard, whether it was right after the game or a couple days later. So, yeah, uh, bring the NBA to uh, Kansas City. I'd, I'd love to have that back and uh, I guess back, you know, from when the Kings was, but I uh, would love to have it here just because I think it's a fascinating game and there'd be a lot of storylines that, that you would be able to tell for sure. Well, here's Jesse Newell. Jesse, thank you so much for all the appearances and, you know, this goes for all our guests, but all the time you guys spend with us. And like I said, we really wish you the best. And I know we're going to have you on the show down the road, maybe not as regularly, but uh, good luck on the Chiefs beat and uh, we'll miss you around here, man. I appreciate you guys. Yep, I'll be around. So, uh, yeah, give me a ring, and uh, we'll talk to the Chiefs or whatever you guys want.
There we go. He's Jesse Newell, Kansas City Star, KansasCity.com. This is Rock Chalk Sports Talk, one hour down, 30 minutes to go. Would you like to get involved in sponsoring Rock Chalk Sports Talk or the best of RCST podcast? How about getting involved in some KU action or local high school sports? You can reach out to us, djohnson at gpmnow.com. That's djohnson at gpmnow.com, and we'll see what we can do to help out your business and get involved here in local sports. Back for our second and final RCST trivia matchup today. Out early today for KU baseball coverage. The game moved up to 4.30, so we're out at 4.20, so we'll be out of here after this one. And it is a 1-4 matchup in the sizzling 16 between the one-seed Tyler Feist and the four-seed Chris Yurchek. And we are brought to you by 23rd Street Brewery, Kurt Geeser State Farm, McDonald's of Lawrence, Homefield Apparel, CBD of Lawrence, Pella Windows and Doors, RockChalk.io, Jayhawk Trophy, and Hawaiian Bros, your title sponsor, 23rd Street Brewery. And the winner of this gets to play the Cinderella of the tournament, the St. Peter's of the tournament in Garrett Nice in the grade eight. Um, Chris, for you uh, as the four seed here, you have um, collected five trivia wins over the course of your career. You've been to a couple sizzling 16s with this one here, um, but trying to go around further and trying to take down a one seed in in Tyler. Uh, what are kind of your emotions and thoughts headed into this matchup? Well, Tyler actually eliminated me in the same round last year. And I went back and listened to it, and it was a pretty painful. And I don't just mean having to listen to Nick Schwartz talk. <laughs> uh, at one point, we missed six straight questions between the two of us. And uh, all of them probably could have been or should have been answered right. So well, sometimes you get to those really hard ones. Revenge. Yeah, those are tough. Okay, so that that's the storyline today, the opportunity for revenge. We had Kyle and Andrew going, although – that one didn't go for the side of revenge, but that's the opportunity here for Chris. So, Tyler, uh, do you remember that matchup well with Chris last year? And uh, does that scare you a little bit that you have a guy who has been waiting all this time to get back to this moment? Honestly, I don't remember. Like, uh, I have a hard time keeping my opponents. I, I can't remember the names, but I do remember the matchup. I, now that you say that, missing three in a row, I remember because I went second and I had, like, I'm pretty sure I had like three, yeah, three opportunities to win in a row and we missed them. And that was very frustrating. And then, <laughs> yeah, finally pulled it off. It definitely, I almost felt bad for advancing for missing three questions. <laughs> well, um, Tyler, you've, you've been in some of the longest with that one. You had your, your long one with Isaac. There have been some, some long marathon matches for you. I just wanted to bring this up. This is incredible. We, we mentioned this earlier. We, we tweeted out our, our most trivia correct answers over the course of doing this. You're in third place with 43. You weren't even in this in year one. That is that is just remarkable that you've answered that many questions already correctly. You're 6-0 and this year. Chris, you are 8-2 and on questions this year. And uh, we're going to go ahead and cue the music here as we get into our first matchup. Chris, you are the lower seed. You have the option. Do you want to go first or go second? Uh, I'll go first. All right. So it's the same as last year. Tyler went second last year. Chris went first. See if we get a different result. Okay, Chris, on to you. Who did Kansas lose to in the 2003 National Championship game? Syracuse. Yep, not a fun one, but how could you forget? Okay, Tyler, on to you. Who did Kansas lose to in the 2018 Final Four? Villanova. Yep. That one, a different kind of pain. Never really were in the game, Uh, which... There's a certain part of it that makes it easier to get over. Okay, on to the medium round of questions. In the second round of the 1987 tournament, Chris, this Kansas All-American forward logged 42 of KU's 67 points to help the Jayhawks advance. Danny Manning. Unbelievable. 42? They only scored 67? Come on, pick it up. All right, Tyler. In KU's 2012 comeback win against Missouri, what Jayhawk forward led the team with 28 points and 12 rebounds? Thomas Robinson. Yep, T-Rob was awesome. Double-double, just another day at the office for T-Rob. Yeah, exactly, and a uh, pretty notable block as well. All right, switching up the mood, changing up to the intense music. Into the hard round we go for you, Chris. In 1974... Kansas lost in the third place game of the NCAA tournament 78 to 61 against who? 
Western Kentucky. I think that was another year, maybe a... They played them in the tournament somewhere around there. You're not far off. The correct answer was UCLA. They lost to UCLA in that third place game. I know you game. just asked that same question earlier last week, but I thought you would be doing 71. Or, so what you're referring know. to, we had a contestant, Andrew Filer, who got a question about the 1971 tournament. It was UCLA. He guessed UCLA because it was the 74 tournament. That's what he thought of in the third place game. He was right and regardless. It was Western Kentucky. Yep. All right, uh, Tyler. Your, your chance to win it. Before Kansas fell in that third place game to UCLA, they lost 64 to 51 against who in the 1974 Final Four? Marquette. <laughs> Nailed it. Marquette was the correct answer. I was worried that you were going to guess Western Kentucky because the answer there. That's been kind of a common theme with a couple of our matchups there. Uh, so, Chris. It ends there. Did you know the answer to the Marquette one? I did. Mm. And I'm, I'm kicking myself because I had that 50-50 on the Western Kentucky UCLA one. Well, uh, Tyler, did you know the, the UCLA one? Yeah, I, I knew the, the two third-place games, the 1971 and 1974. I studied to make sure I got those straight. Well, you uh, are getting through again. Chris, uh, you're going to have to put up a poster of, of Tyler with like a dartboard on it or something. Um, <laughs> maybe you'll get revenge next year. But, uh, you know, we said this to our earlier contestant, Kyle. You, you keep getting to this round. Eventually, you're going to break through. You're going to make a great eight. You'll make a phenomenal four. Just wasn't in the cards for you um, on this year's edition of RCST Trivia. But we appreciate you being in trivia once again this year and being a uh, full-time contestant for all three years with us. Tyler, Congratulations, you are moving on and uh, climbing up a little bit closer to Isaac for second on the all-time correct answers list. Thanks, Derek. Good luck, Tyler. Thanks, Chris. So that does it for that one. And again, like I just feel bad. In the same way I felt bad for Kyle, I feel bad for Chris. You have the same opportunity you did last year. You face the same opponent you lost to in the Sizzling 16, and you just fall short. And maybe if the questions were in different order, you would have got it right, and maybe yeah. you're still going on, and who knows what happens from there. It's just, it's tough, man. And and it kind of it ends quick too. It be, does because he. Um, That's the thing yeah. with this. It's such a like in basketball. The thing is with in the NCAA tournament, Kansas could could fall behind ten nothing in the first half. Yeah, and as much as that's like a missed question in this, it's not the end of the game. They exactly. have all sorts of time to come back. In this, it's just such a quick like. That's it. It's it's just unfortunate. And it's like. The difference between I, I think we had Eric come on yesterday and, and he was talking to us before we went on the matchup and he said you know it feels like this year that there are a lot more like really good contestants in this event and I think that's been the case from year one to year two and then from year two to year three whether it's people coming back into this knowing mm -hmm. what to expect studying just more people hearing wind of this just more people like Doug joining in the tournament um, it it becomes more difficult and the the, the competition becomes more heavy each and every year that, that we go on with this thing. And um, it's just tough because the difference between making a second round or losing here in the sizzling 16 versus winning it all or making a phenomenal four, it, it's ever so slight. It's really not that much. People need to realize, and, and what I hope they're listening, and I hope they're listening for a lot of reasons, but also one thing that, that we learned is is it's not, you know, Yes, look, listening back to old podcasts of, of, the, of trivia helps you understand what kind of questions are going to be asked, but it also helps you understand what some of these guys are doing to get prep. We have guys quizzing, their kids are quizzing them with flashcards. <laughs> Husband and wife, you know, husbands and wives who are in this tournament together are quizzing one another. Groups of guys who may eventually go up against each other in the tournament, but in the early rounds when they're not going up against each other, they're having study groups it's bananas, the prep that people are doing uh, to be part of this. So we have Tyler taking on Garrett in the grade eight, 115, yep. the ultimate Cinderella versus, um, you know, Titan, Blue Blood, whatever you want to call it. Um, and then we have our another grade eight matchup is set with Eric and Andrew, which is top two seeds. Early preview on those. Who do you like in both matchups? Um, I don't know. Ty I just I think Tyler, I don't know. Garrett's been really fun. Um, mm -hmm. but I think Tyler, um, I'm going Tyler and Eric, I'm going shock. Yeah. 
But I, mean, I will it, say this. You know, Eric, I, I, I think I called – well, I'll say this. Yesterday, I called Eric V. Crumpton Murray in the Phenomenal Four. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to stick with that. And I think I called Tyler to the Phenomenal Four yesterday as well. So I'm going to keep sticking with that. But um, Garrett keeps impressing me. But, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go Eric and, and Tyler, and maybe that is boring. It's just the how quick they're answering their questions is is incredible to me. Yeah, and Tyler said before coming on this time he got some time to study, which he he didn't maybe always have the opportunity to he's, do. He's he got he a mentioned new kid, he's a new, right? yeah, yeah, new father and stuff. Um, so I think the longer he goes in this tournament, the more he's going to get sharpened up. And that's what we were talking about earlier. You had like the winner of Eric Andrew is going to have to play, you know, possibly Ryan Schlesner who's been in the sizzling 16 grade eight in our yeah. past two years and is back in it this year, or maybe Ryan Brown, our, our sandbagging hero or Aaron, <laughs> Ma- or uh, Aaron Mayer versus uh, Doug Crumpton Murray. Like the winner of that is, is going to be an absolute stud. Like the path to get to the championship might be a little more difficult than for Tyler Feist um, to where, you know, maybe that allows Tyler to, to come through in the end. So worthy worthy opponent. But I also wouldn't be surprised. Like Andrew Filer, even though Eric is the the trivia stud and our champion last year, number one overall seed and stuff. Um, because Andrew, I think Andrew is very much going to have a, a good support team around him. Yeah. With Isaac and and Kyle that are going to help him study and and get ready for that matchup. That that's the question is is will these guys how much will that help? Well, and and will these guys like as they get eliminated if they have a. a, a you know, member of their friend group who's continuing on, will they help them? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like and I think they will in that to, case. Yeah, exactly. To get one of their friends uh, up top. And then you got Doug Crumpton Murray just out there solo in Fresno or Lodi <laughs> or wherever like, the hell he lives. Help. And he's just rolling by himself with his Jayhawk suit jacket. Yeah. All right. That is uh, trivia for today. That is our show for today. We're out early. KU Baseball taking over. 4.30 first pitch. Pre-game starts at 4.20 right here on KLWN. For Adam Dravetta, I'm Derek Johnson. Thanks to Jesse Newell and all our trivia component or opponents or contestants, I guess, if I'm combining words there, uh, for joining the show. Thank you to you for listening. Don't forget to check out our Best of RCST podcast. This has been Rock Chalk Sports Talk on FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN. Depend on it.